so good. It will make you laugh and cry. Hannah Wadding is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. I'm half expecting oh, the Crypt Jesus. Keeper to show up in Amy's bedroom right now. <laughs> this is real thunder, people. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> this is so fitting for this movie. Do you it have is. a candle? I do, but I'm afraid to light it. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm Amy. And you're at the movies with the madams. Well, everyone, I have to start today's episode with something I do not enjoy doing. Admitting you're wrong? Yes. <laughs> not only admitting that I was wrong, but admitting that you were right. Yes, yes, I know that hurts you more. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you, I guessed it right in the first shot. This is not edited. <laughs> That's yes. how much she hates admitting she's wrong. Yeah. So back during the summer when we were planning out our content for the fall, Amy had said, hey, you know, the Hocus Pocus sequel is coming out. Let's cover it. Yeah. And she was not listening to that. She was not having it. I really just didn't want to do it because I was like, oh, you know, the first one's fine. It's cute, but I'm not a big fan. And I can't imagine I'm going to be a fan of the second one. Mm -hmm. And it's probably just going to be a cash grab. Mm -hmm. That's not actually releasing in theaters. Yeah. But man, I have never been so happy to be wrong, nor have I ever been so delightfully surprised by a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. I saw this movie just. So I think the day after it released and I had a smile throughout. Yeah. And I was still on vacation uh, yes. when it came out. And so I was kind of dreading dealing with it when I came back. And finally I sat down last week and said, all right, just buckle down and do it. And by the end of it, my jaw hurt from smiling <laughs> so much. Hey, I did tell you, I did give you a message that, Hey, I saw Hocus Pocus too. It's a good movie. You did. Yeah. But our tastes, I'd say maybe we're like 50 50. Uh huh. And yeah, things true. outside of the show that we enjoy. Uh huh. You yeah. know? That's true. Yeah. I absolutely loved every second of it so much more than the original. And I do not understand so much of like, I'm not talking about assholes out there like that crazy woman in Texas uh, going viral about. Hocus Pocus 2 being of the devil. I'm talking about like critics shitting on this movie really hard. I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm seeing that also. And I feel like it seems to me like people just wanted Hocus Pocus 1 as Hocus Pocus 2. The nostalgia is so strong with that movie. I guess, but my God, this is one of those rare sequels that I think massively improved upon the original and also paid respect to it at the same time. Yes, I agree. And also, I think this movie, we're enjoying it more because it's off this time. You know, a lot of the jokes are off this time, while those jokes in Hocus Pocus were 1990s. And we saw it like in the 2000s, you know, as adults. I mean, I also watched it as a kid and come on now, this is me we're talking about. You think I don't appreciate 90s humor? That's fair. How many Frasier references do I have to make? <laughs> okay, I'm speaking for myself in that case then. But I also think a lot of people who watched the movie and loved it as kids have come back. Like one of the criticisms that I've seen the most often is that it's not serious. Well, the first movie wasn't serious either. You just thought it was more serious because you were seeing it from a kid's perspective. Right. And I think this movie actually does bring in some realistic elements, more so than the first one. And not serious, no, because it's not meant to be. These are witches and teenagers, people. Yeah. And it's a Disney movie. It's a kid's Disney movie. Yeah, it's Hocus Pocus. Why would you be expecting something serious? Yeah, this is not going to be a dissertation on the Salem Witch Trials. No, no. And 
I think this script is so much smarter mm -hmm. and funnier. It, there's solid plants and payoffs. And specifically, the comedy that didn't work for me in the original was a lot of the anachronistic stuff. But mm -hmm. in this one, oh, they nailed it. It worked so much better for me. Yeah, that's true. At certain points in this movie, when the witches say stuff, it does stand out to me, but it's not meant to be serious. No, and it's meant to stand out. And that's part yeah. of the funny. It, I don't think they did it very well in the first one. They did it so much better here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, major credit to both the director and Fletcher and the screenwriter, Jen D'Angelo. Only two women, only women could have written and directed this movie yeah it's fantastic there's so many women in this movie and fantastic performances by all of them yes and we are going to get to each and every one of them so this episode is going to be a little bit of a throwback because uh unlike we normally do now we're just going to go through this one because otherwise we'll miss everything yeah we'll miss everything and also as great as this movie is it's it's not meant to be taken seriously, so we can't really go into character deep dives like we usually do. Right. It is simple, but it's lovely. Mm -hmm. It is. And it does have so much to say, but in that simple way. Simple right. like simple like Mike. <laughs> I love Mike. <laughs> That's the test of this movie. Someone like Mike normally annoys the shit out of me. But in this one, I love him. I just want to give him a hug and pat on the head. I agree. Say, it's okay. It's okay. I, I probably agree. have to climb a ladder to tap him on the head. But yeah. Oh, he's tiny. Okay. Yeah. How, how tall is he? Oh, he looks like about Tom Holland size. You're fine. All right. Okay. One sec. The door just opened. There seems to be wind around me. Is it the Sanderson sisters? Are they coming? Possibly. And yes, listeners, if you hear thundering, it's probably the Sanderson sisters to make me join their coven. Which I think you would at this point. Yes, I would. Yeah, and not because of the Sanderson sisters, but for the witch mother. Hello. We'll get to her. Yes. And so there are two things that really come through in this movie that we are going to focus on. Number one, sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And number two, if you want to understand what genuine, sincere, positive representational effort looks like, watch this fucking movie because it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. Yeah. At no point you feel like anyone is a token character. No. Everyone's just, oh, here we are. All yep. of us coexisting mm -hmm. peacefully and happily. Yep. Which is nice and kind of ironic in Salem. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Even today. <laughs> Austin and that area, it's one of the most racist areas of the country. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have not felt this good watching a movie in I don't know how long. I don't mean entertained. I mean just warm and fuzzy as a human. Yeah. So I watched Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, about two weeks ago, I think, when it released. And after that, I saw the new Downton Abbey movie, A New Era. And those two movies have been giving me the warm fuzzies. And I'm so happy. I think that speaks a lot to the Downtown Abbey movie that a bunch of upper class British people were able to give you the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, well, the show does give me warm fuzzies too, except for Mary. She could go die in a ditch. How do you really feel? <laughs> well, well, the actress Michelle Dockery, she's she seems perfectly nice, but I'm so tired of her character. Every man with a pulse under the age of forty just falling in love with her. <laughs> she's not Suki from True Blood, you know. She doesn't have like a fey <laughs> pussy or something. <laughs> that sounds a lot too like uh, Claire Danes' character on the Essex Serpent. I'm like okay. enough already. God, if you haven't seen that one, everybody, good for you. Don't. <laughs> yeah, this was six seasons and two movies. She's been married twice. Wow. Enough already. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into some other ladies here, shall we? 
Yes, we shall. I love that this movie starts back in Salem. This is brilliant. It is. It The first movie started also kind of with that flashback thing. And now again, we get an older flashback. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about these girls. We have Taylor Henderson as Winnie, mm-hmm. Nina Kitchen as Mary, and Juju Brenner as Sarah. These girls are fantastic. They got the mannerisms right. Especially Mary's mouth. Yeah, she got that it was right. The she totally <laughs> did it. That's not easy to do, to hold no. it while you're talking and keep remembering to do it. Yeah, yeah. These girls are great. And either Fletcher or D'Angelo, somebody definitely sat down with these girls and watched that movie with them mm-hmm. and really went through it, you know? Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the main cast actually sat down with them and told them how to do things or practice with them a little bit to really get them into the character. Yeah, and seeing them, I had this epiphany of, oh God, I've reached the age where I can't tell how old kids are after the age of 10. (laughs) So we know that Winnie at that time was 16. I would say the others were maybe... If you guys heard that, the Sanderson sisters are headed to Amy's house. Oh, I'm scared now. (laughs) (laughs) If this is the last you hear of me, goodbye, cruel world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't get that hammy. Yeah, yeah, you're not quite as gifted there as Bet. no. No, no. I'd say the others were maybe... 12 and 8? Something like that. Yeah. And what I love is that this backstory, it's not a redemption story it sets up, but like a sympathetic one. Yeah, and I find it interesting because in the first movie, we know the Sanderson sisters are the antagonists. They need to be defeated. But there was so much love for them that this has become like the Terminator 2 story where... Arnold was the bad guy in the first movie and then he became the good guy in the second movie. In this one, even though they are antagonists, we still feel for them. Absolutely. And this reminds us of the world they grew up in. And now we find out, oh God, they were so young. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, they were born out of time, clearly. Modern girls in an old world. <laughs> yeah, and also the Reverend is a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah, I'd be bitter, too, if this asshole, you know, tried to kidnap sisters I loved and banish me as a fucking child. Right. Yeah. And I just started laughing out loud like a hyena immediately with that jello mold. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Now, we say the Reverend Trask is an absolute bastard, yes, but I cannot hate him, which is their intention, because... I fucking adore Tony Hale. Yeah, I don't have any affection towards him because I've not seen him in Arrested Development or Veep. Yeah, so he's Buster on Arrested Development and uh, Gary Walsh on Veep. Buster will always hold a special place in my heart that Jeffrey Tambor cannot ruin. Okay. He is a brilliant comedian. And just so absolutely perfect for what becomes a dual role. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And let me tell you, the next time I see a spider in my home, I will indeed be screaming, eight legs of sin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was so melodramatic. It was amazing. That's his deal. Yes, that's that's. You want that kind of hilarious melodrama, you call Tony Hale. hmm And we also got to meet, very quickly, young Billy Butcherson. Yes, we did. That poor guy. Yeah. You feel bad for him, for sure. And it was nice to see him unzombified. Yes. Yes. Uh, can we all agree that John Pritchett is gay? <laughs> you know, I did not think of that. Now that you mention it, it makes sense. It does because of one, I heard him speak. Second, <laughs> they do mention he's a little weird. And that yeah. seemed like 
Salem 1656 talk for gay. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. And which is probably why the Reverend was so insistent on getting the two weirdos together. Probably. And from the start, there are so many reverent throwbacks, lines, mannerisms, everything to the first Mm -hmm. movie. Yes. Showing the love there. Yeah, absolutely. This movie is a love letter to the first movie. And by the way, did you notice that Mary's mouth was in a different direction in this movie? No. I knew you wouldn't see it. I just knew it. Interesting. Even in the trailer before the movie came out, I saw it and I noticed it. And I was wondering why they did that. So she did an article and she said that, so this whole mouth moving thing, originally in the first movie, she decided to do that like a week before they started shooting, just on a whim. And now when she came back, she was finding it really difficult to do it on the same side. So she just switched to the other side and they kind of played it off with like Winnie slapped her. So it moved. That's genius. Yeah. So once the girls here are banished for their blasphemy, they head out Mm -hmm. into the woods and we meet in a very cool effect. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Of the and I love the crow, the, the, the crow with the red and yellow accents to it. Amazing. Yes. I love it. Yes. Turns into the witch mother played by Hannah Waddingham. Yeah. I did not recognize her. I was mesmerized by her. Definitely. And for once, I fucking got it right. Because as soon as she showed up, I said, oh, Amy's going to have some hormone problems. <laughs> I knew it. Yes. and. I looked her up on IMDb because, of course, maybe that's her calling. You know, that's the thunder. You wish. I wish, really. So I looked her up on IMDb and I realized she's in she's on Game of Thrones. She played Septa Onella. And in my mind, I just said, shame. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know her from Game of Thrones. I am a big fan of hers from Ted Lasso. Mm hmm. Uh, I think she is one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen. Agreed. And you're going to have to YouTube this later. She has an incredible voice. Okay. Uh, When she busted out that voice, I think it was in uh, karaoke on Ted Lasso. I was in absolute shock. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a shame that they didn't shame that they did not make her sing then in this movie. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will also say this, I guess it was about a year ago now, yeah, that, you know, I kept hearing all this buzz about Ted Lasso and all the awards hype. And I was like, oh, God, this is a little ridiculous. Don't you think people like (laughs) little much? And then my husband and I were like, all right, let's give it a shot. Oh, my God, people go watch Ted Lasso. I've become one of them. I've become what I hated. (laughs) Go watch that show. It's very much like this movie. You will feel so good. It will make you laugh and cry. Hannah Wadding is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. I'm half expecting oh, the Crypt Keeper to show up in Amy's bedroom right now. <laughs> this is real thunder, people. Oh, dear Lord. This is so fitting for this movie. Do it you have is. a candle? I do, but I'm afraid to light it. <laughs> well, you, shit, you might need to if that thunder keeps up. Yeah, so that's like a soccer movie, right? It's a show about, it's a a British soccer team or football for our UK listeners. Sorry, I'm American. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hannah Waddingham is the new owner, sort of new owner of this soccer team who hires an American football, like American football coach to coach the soccer team. And he doesn't even know how soccer works. Is this supposed to be a comedy? Yes, but it's like a drama. It's a dramedy. Because okay. it gets intense. It is a beautiful show. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It is worth the price of Apple TV. Go watch it. And All like right. that's that's really my only criticism of this movie is that we didn't get more Hannah Waddingham. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's like what you always <laughs> say about getting amazing actors to play bit parts. But this is why you do it. True. Yeah. And also in Game of Thrones, she was fantastic. My only complaint now is the way they've covered her up. (laughs) Like, shame on you, people, for covering her up. 
but she was fantastic as Septonella on the show. You really hated her. I could see it. You know, she she did a fantastic job. And we don't see much of her here, but I think she's very effective. And we get a great line from her that I just love. Magic has a way of uniting things that ought to be together. Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly agree with that, depending on one's definition of magic. And that's the key. Right. And she also is the one to introduce the whole concept of sisterhood here, how important it is. A witch is nothing without her coven. Right. And you can see the pain in her when she says her coven is long gone. Yeah. And there's that sympathy. Now, the the sympathy has to end, though, you know, when we start eating the kids. That's the problem. True. Yes. And I do love the line where she says, well, how else am I going to stay young and absolutely gorgeous? Which clearly she agrees. Yeah. And that's what I think to myself. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe it's worth it. There's some kids out there I wouldn't mind uh, not being around anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating a few kids. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hannah Waddingham, some shitty kids. Mm, I got to weigh that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. I, You know, <laughs> I'm at Costco like once every two weeks and I see my fair share, you know, that I mm-hmm. kind of want to run over with my own car. So I get it. Right. Yeah. And I also just got back from an Orlando vacation, so that'll do it too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that any teacher would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that genuine sisterhood that leads the witch mother to give Winnie this book. Yes. And she's willing to sort of hand over the torch to the next generation. Yes. And what does Winnie do? Act like a teenage girl. Let's burn the (laughs) reverend's fucking house down. Yes. Agreed. This is the work of the spider. And at that point, I couldn't help but think, dude, your house is on fire. Instead of screaming, how about using, how about just, you know, pouring some water on it? Easier said than done at those times. True. And, you know, there might be a spider near it. Yep, true. But I agree with Winnie there. I would have wanted to do the same thing. Totally. All right. So now we jump to present day. Oh, God, do I love this transition. There's something mm-hmm. about this Megan Trainer song that made me get up and fucking dance in my living room. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> it's so perfect. It is. And the soundtrack in this movie is fantastic. It's amazing. And so we meet Becca and Izzy. Becca is played by Whitney Peake and Izzy is played by Belissa Escobedo. Yeah. And we also meet Cassie played by Lilia Buckingham. Yes. I love these girls. They are friends. And they're girls. Yes. Becca is a little bit more of a young woman, but Izzy, look at that face. She's still so cute. (laughs) Yes, she is. She's so lovable. All of them are just adorable. They are. And they're super relatable because this, this rift in their friendship, this happens to every girl friend group in high school. Yes, it does. Anyone gets a boyfriend and things get a little weird. Yes. So it's Halloween. We're all headed to school. And I just love this. This took me back to high school. Uh, Their teacher there in the banana costume. Mm -hmm. It was always fun. I always look forward to Halloween in school because our departments would coordinate costumes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And one year, best teacher Halloween costumes I've ever seen the English department, they were all dressed up in black suits and had earwigs, dressed up as secret service agents, all protecting the president who was Dr. Holtzman, the like elder statesman of the English department. <laughs> it was hilarious. And they, they treated him like the president all day, escorting him everywhere, opening doors, talking into their cufflinks. It was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it helps that they were the English department and all super theatrical, you know? Yes. Yeah. But that's amazing. And that year, uh, my Algebra 2 teacher, shout out to Mr. Casal, he just wore sweatpants and a hoodie and uh, said he was a drug dealer. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I swear to God, he was the best teacher I ever had. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite bits, Becca saying vegan food as if it's a spell. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> it is, because I totally get it. It's like a pro and a knock at the same time. And as mm -hmm. somebody who tried veganism way back when for, for nine months to try and fix whatever the hell was happening in my body, right? I'm just totally here for it. <laughs> so this was the only thing in the movie I actually rolled my eyes at was, and I understand they had to get the kids to the principal's office, but this little squabble was a little silly. Yeah, it was. But again, they're teenagers. It's supposed to be silly. Oh, I know. But just the idea that they would be sent to the principal's office for it. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That I agree. That did seem a bit much for what they were doing. They did say that this teacher was an asshole. So makes sense. Yeah. Let me ask you. So when they get to the principal, did you think that the principal secretary was a trans woman? No, I did enjoy her. Mickey Mouse hands and the little headband that she was wearing, it kind of, it wasn't exactly the Disney. Oh, I thought it was a ladybug. Yeah, it was. But I don't know, with the hands, it kind of made me think Disney, Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse. Maybe I blocked it out of my brain because I saw so many, I'm going to say freaks, way too obsessed with Disney back <laughs> in Orlando. I'm sorry, but some people just take that shit too far. Yeah, I agree. And just it keeps going throughout the movie how well this relationship amongst the girls is done, how they all think each other is the problem. And it's not anger. It's not bitchiness. It's hurt. Yeah, it is. And the fact that they don't communicate with each other till shit hits the fan is, again, very teenager-like. Yes. And that's how you know they're genuinely friends, because it's not anger and it is that hurt, because mm -hmm. they, you can only hurt people you love. Right. And there's also that longing, even though they're hurt, they still want to figure things out and be friends. They do want to continue that tradition that they've been having every year. Yeah. I mean, these girls go back to at least kindergarten, they say. Right. Okay. So let me say this too. I would absolutely love to go to the Salem Scarefest. It looked like a ton of fun. Yeah. That seems like a lot of fun. I want to go too. And I want to try bobbing apples. <laughs> I love the way they revealed. Tony Hale's dual role with the billboard. Yeah. I, you know, the first time when I watched the movie, obviously it was the same person, but I was so confused. I, I thought I was seeing things when they did the dual role. Tony Hale, we said you, we love you. Leave us alone. <laughs> Maybe the Sanderson sisters are unhappy that we said we love him. Possibly. Oh, good boy. Mm -hmm. And he's just the sweetest dad. I love him. Yeah, he is so sweet. Like, he's so excited for these candied apples. Yeah, that's all he wants in life. It's kind of great. I know. I feel like we need to read the saga of Trask's quest for the candied apples. Yeah, I totally empathize with this man because I have been searching for years for a decent gluten-free pizza crust. <laughs> years <laughs> and i have still yet to find one okay didn't you start making them yourself yeah that didn't work out well i'm sorry mainly because cauliflower still fucking tastes like cauliflower no matter what you do to it that is true just the way chicken always tastes like chicken cauliflower always tastes like cauliflower except that's a bad thing yes yes i agree one question I had, though, that I wish they had just like taken one line to fix is mm -hmm. where's Cassie's mom? Because she's on the billboard. Right. Yeah. So I wanted a line of like, oh, she's out of town on business. Yeah, true. Makes because sense. she's not at the house. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the girls say hi to the mayor, who's clearly who clearly they love and he loves them. He's known them since they were little girls. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems so unpolitical. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a genuinely good man. Yeah. And then we meet the owner of the magic shop, Gilbert. <laughs> he is also a Ted Lasso alum. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was a, a small part, only on an episode or two, but he played a bastard. Okay. Put it this way. He plays a guy who you think is 
is at least somewhat good who then takes a turn and he was fantastic. Well, I think the Sanderson sisters agree with you that he is a bastard. <laughs> and I love that they went from the museum concept to the magic shop. It was a lot more fun this way. Yes. And it made it more livelier for sure. Oh, absolutely. And we get some great editing here. Very effective. Quick flashbacks to the first movie. It's like just the right amount of recap and exposition. And it's done in such an entertaining way. Right. And also, so if you've not seen the movie, you're not missing out. His little story tells you exactly what happens. And the little flashback tells you, shows you what happened. You're absolutely right. And I hadn't thought about that. People could just watch this movie and still love it mm -hmm. without having seen the first. You love it more. Well, maybe not. I was going to say you love it more having seen the first, but apparently a lot of people don't. But it just adds so much more for me. It does. It certainly does. And I think those who... And I think those who've seen the second movie and then go back and watch the first one will also enjoy that as well. I do feel like the first one would be a bit of a letdown in comparison, but it adds to the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And the recap is also a good plant for Becca's becoming a witch because Gilbert's mentioning again, it's supposed to happen at 16 and it right. is Becca's birthday. Yes. So that's where the parallels begin between past and present. Yeah. And I also love that they keep the girls riding their bikes rather than getting rides to places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it just feels more innocent. That's exactly what I have in my notes. And especially because they're more old timey bikes. Good on the prop department. Okay. I did not notice that. They're not like super new looking bikes. They're old style. Yeah. They don't look like they're going to take off for the moon any second. No. <laughs> So the girls head into the forest with the, the lovely present that Gilbert was so kind enough to give them. Yeah. If someone were to give me a candle that looked like that, I would be a bit pissed. It, I'm not going to lie. It kind of looked like a dildo to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm -hmm. A very worn out dildo. So whoopsie doodle. They accidentally <laughs> bring back the sisters and... I clocked it. The Sanderson sisters do not appear in this movie until 28 minutes in, and I am totally fine with it. Yeah, definitely. They totally share this movie between past and present. Mm -hmm. They do. And you don't feel like something's missing so far. No, no, not at all. It's the anticipation of knowing what's to come. Yeah. And man, when they show up, just a fabulous entrance. <laughs> Much like Izzy, I was very confused by the dance number, so I really appreciated the, who are they performing for? <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. This movie had a lot, lot more musical numbers than the first one did, for the better. Yes. Yes. And we haven't even gotten to the best ones. Mm hmm There was one thing I noticed, though, that I, I have to, to mention, because mm -hmm. it's it's really in your face. I think my Aunt Marge uh, did Sarah Jessica Parker's makeup. Yeah, the eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Look, I have really thick, bushy eyebrows that can be a unibrow when I leave it for a while. Hers makes mine look pencil thin. Yeah, those were definitely penciled on, no question. Yes, of course. And they were, they were too much. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for, why they were doing that. No. But man, these three, of course, Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker, they didn't miss a beat. Not at all. They were fantastic. I must say, Sarah Jessica Parker lost some clothes. <laughs> you know what, though? She's fucking 57 years old. Good for her. Yeah, absolutely. I'm she not looks amazing. Oh, I know. I know. She looks amazing. Yeah, I'm just wondering if that was, you know, they went over budget and decided to just take her pants away to cut, <laughs> cut on the budget, you know? <laughs> and here's another reason I love Becky and Izzy. These girls are quick and smart. Yeah, they're thinking on their feet, even though they're fucking petrified. Yeah, and somebody had to be thinking about Gwyneth Paltrow here. They just had to. 
the idea that, oh, no, we're 40. We just, uh, we know how to stay young. Yeah, yeah. We, we kids too, love them. Yeah. Did you see her new Instagram photo she put up for her birthday? Uh, no, I don't want to. Is it just a picture of her vagina this time to show everyone how lovely it is? I think she's working up to that for her 60th birthday. She's just painted gold. She's an Oscar. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I think this whole Walgreens bit is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I was honestly surprised that a pharmacy has salt. Oh, yeah. Walgreens isn't just a pharmacy. You can get groceries there. We've, we've talked about this. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is everywhere. Well, it's much more expensive because Walgreens is a convenience store, really. It's a, a nice right. convenience store, but yeah, it's mostly a pharmacy, but they have a lot of other stuff. Okay. So everything everywhere all at once. Pretty much. <laughs> and you just have to love Sarah. Well, she does appreciate the convenience of, of having the bottle tonics. No more luring children to their demise. Yeah. It was the one thing she was good at. Yeah. It's her one job. <laughs> yeah. She was made redundant by technology. It's hard to say what the funniest line is in this movie, but I'm going to say top three here. Fluorescence. You know, I think we knew her. <laughs> yes, from the Paris Coven. <laughs> <laughs> the way they are just leaning in, drinking all this stuff, Mary eating the plastic face mask. <laughs> yeah, I was very uncomfortable. Like, obviously, I knew while shooting they had all of the stuff that they were eating and drinking was edible. But it just felt uncomfortable. Of course. <laughs> and just such amazing performances from them. You mm -hmm. can tell they are just having the time of their lives. Yeah, they are enjoying every moment they're on screen. Retinol, what a charming name for a child. <laughs> <laughs> just everything around that is so cleverly written. Yeah, it is. And then, uh-oh, Walgreens Mirror. Yeah, I was surprised that the kids didn't try to explain that a little bit. It wouldn't have mattered. That's too much to explain. Mm -hmm. They were busted. Yeah. But the Instagram filter was nice. That was a good joke. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you know, I totally understand their distress with the mirror. What woman hasn't experienced that? Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. I experience that every day. Well, when I was waiting for my luggage, uh, when we got back home to Baltimore... And I was standing next to this one mirror that was like super thin. And I was like, oh, I could get used to this one. <laughs> of everything, though, I think my favorite bit in the movie, because it's so genius. You think it's just going to be a joke, but it turns out it's a major plant. The Roombas. Excuse me. Excuse me. Roombies. <laughs> that was amazing. And her cowabunga just had me <laughs> yes i know and sarah on her swiffer mm -hmm. and i will admit i didn't see it coming that Gr gilbert tricked the girls into bringing back the sisters yeah i didn't either till he actually said it yeah it's a good twist mm -hmm. and i think he also makes a good point which adds to the sympathy that the sanderson sisters were, were misunderstood they were ahead of their time I agree. They were misunderstood and they were ahead of their time. And they wouldn't be they wouldn't be the people they became if it weren't for these stupid people like the Reverend. Right. If it weren't for their cruelty against women. Right. But they're so entrenched in their ways that there's no redeeming them, at least not in 24 hours. Right. Yeah. But they do make their way to the magic shop. And <laughs> <laughs> I really, really appreciate how horny Sarah is all yeah. the time. <laughs> It's been a while for her. It's been, it's been quite a drought. Well, she and I are on the same wavelength there. Yeah, yeah. And so she's very excited uh, to see Gilbert, a boy. But I got to say, Sarah, honey, I think he's a lost cause. I think you're barking up the wrong tree there. <laughs> that, but I also think she was more disappointed at her rat tails missing. Yeah, yeah, that was a big blow for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and can we all agree that Gilbert was the only black child in Salem in 1993? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't there in the first movie. And I think what the movie also does a great job with, and again, this 
had to be written by a woman. And they still do it in this light, entertaining way for all of us. But it gets the point across to those of us who are paying attention, this concept of generational patriarchy with Mayor Trask. Mm -hmm. It's not a crazy idea that 300 years later, his family is still running things. That shit's still happening yeah. in various parts of the country, especially in New England. Those fucking bedrock families up there. Okay. Who go so far back and have accumulated so much generational wealth and they've locked themselves into government and, and power just through heredity. Mm -hmm. But in his case, it doesn't seem like he's uber rich, first off. He no. seems to have a perfectly normal house. And he doesn't seem to be that kind of person, which is no. refreshing. Yes. No, he's a good guy. And it's a good point because it's on the flip side that people can evolve. Yeah. People can change. And mm -hmm. that's a big point of this movie. Yes. We are not our ancestors. No. Thank God for that. Yeah. Nor do we have to be because there is still a, a lot of that. And I know you go through this too, the idea that, oh, you have to, you know, honor thy family, honor thy parents and do mm -hmm. as they say and be as they are. And mm -hmm. it's bullshit. And follow the culture and, and traditions and all that crap. Right. And uh, props to Gilbert because Cobweb is a great name for a cat. That's a good point. Yeah. Especially it fits with his theme. It does. Yeah. It's on brand for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always like those cutesy names for animals too. Like I met, a, we met a pup last week, a five month old little pity girl at the park named Blueberry. Oh, I love those kinds of names. Uh, my little one, one of her best friends is named Pickle. <laughs> and I love those names because, because my animals all have people names. Mm -hmm, yeah. Because I, we named them after people, characters. <laughs> um, so I always love animals with names like that. There's, oh my God, around the corner from us, there is an adorable black Labradoodle. And it's clearly a nerd house because this dog's name is Jean-Luc. <laughs> I kind of want them to get another dog, like, just so they can name it Riker, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Sanderson sisters, they're, they're kind enough to make Gilbert a deal here, right? Yes. Get everything we want or die. But he agrees to the terms and agreements without reading them. Yeah, he's a shitty magic shop owner if he thinks he could just turn that hourglass over. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Sanderson sisters have been outwitted by Les. That's true. Yeah, so they want Gilbert's help in making that Magicka Maxima power spell that the witch mother had warned them against, you know, mm -hmm. 329 years ago. Right. And they also really want to kill Trask in the process. Yes. I think the Magicka Maxima is an added bonus to killing Trask. Yeah, so they need his blood both for the spell and to kill him. Right. So off they go on their mission. Yes, while the girls are trying to save their friend's dad. Yeah. So Becca and Izzy are stuck in the basement. The dungeon. The dungeon. Yes, you're right. And that was another great plan with the Angelica leaves too mm -hmm. from earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This actually is tempting me to, to light my potpourri on fire and see if anything happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they give Cassie a call trying to warn her. And I like this quick piece again, quick, but effective. We see that Cassie's clearly not into this party that she's throwing. Yeah, she's not in, she's not excited about the party, but as soon as a phone call comes on, comes in, you can see she's excited. She wants to speak to them, and she's so hurt and disappointed that it was a butt dial, which yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Again, so relatable. She's just like trying to figure out what she really wants, trying to mm -hmm. learn her place and who she wants to be. be there's always that push pull. You know, even in adulthood of, you know, leaving things behind for new things and how to blend or integrate or if you should keep things from the past. Right. And also she's a teenager who's just gotten into a relationship. Yeah. It's easy to lose yourself in one another at that point. She's trying really hard to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. And, and she's struggling with it, which is understandable. Yeah. And I love that when it comes to that relationship, there is no sex. This is a childlike relationship it's great mm -hmm. nobody is sexualized well i mean right except sarah a little bit she does it to herself <laughs> maybe sarah decided to just drop the pants completely you know it's been a while 
honestly, maybe the costume was too hot that way too. Possible, yeah. I mean, how many how many Marvel actors would love to just be able to walk around without pants on? You know. <laughs> and then they do need more than the blood of a Trask, though. They need the head of a lover. Mm-hmm. In comes Billy Butcherson. Yeah, and Doug Jones didn't mess his stuff either. No, I think this is the maximum he's spoken in any role. Honestly, I'm a good zombie. (laughs) (laughs) He's amazing. I love him. This poor guy has been staring at the top of a box for 29 years. Yeah, yeah. How boring. Agreed. So for him, this fair must have been heaven. Yeah, I mean, at least Steve Rogers was asleep. True. He had dreams of Peggy. Well, more than anything, Billy wants his goddamn name cleared. Mm -hmm. It was just a kiss. I get where he's coming from. I understand. I do. I do. But also, it just shows Winnie was just normal. Yeah. She went nuclear because she was normal. And she assumed (laughs) they were in a relationship because they had one kiss. That's what teenage girls do. Yeah. And of course, that led to everything with Sarah and Billy dying. Indeed. And you have to love Winnie's disdain for the quote-unquote witch selling the poison apples. Amateur. (laughs) Yeah. And I couldn't help but think like that was something you would do if you were a witch. Like you would become a consultant for business advice for witches. I would like to disagree, but I can't. I know. (laughs) And now we get to it. Just the greatest dance number ever. Bet you're looking for the stage. Yeah, that was a trailer moment. Yes, always. <laughs> she certainly is. And we should also mention, Bette Midler is 76 years old. Bow to her. Seriously? Yes. 76? Yes. I bow down to her. 76 and she doesn't look like a 28-year-old lizard. No. Like Joan Rivers used to. <laughs> No, they, oh my God, she's amazing. And this costume contest is fantastic. I love it. It is. Yeah. And the fact that they made it, they could have just made it a regular costume contest, but the fact that they made it drag was everything. It was. And it's a good nod to the fans. A lot of gay men love to dress drag as the Sanderson sisters. Of course, because Bette Midler is their queen. True. And they're so gay. The move, like, The Sanderson sisters are so over the top and it's just, it's like calling out to the gays. You know, it makes me wonder if Cher was considered for for one of the roles back in the day. Oh my God, she would have been perfect if she had a cameo in this movie. Yeah. Oh, she'd have fit right in. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when it comes to Cher, you tell me, how many kids is that woman eating? Come on. True. Mm Because she looks like she's fucking 30. Yeah. Yeah. She's not using lotions. She's using potions. And this is where I think the script is just at its best in referencing and incorporating the original movie. It's so meta here. Mm-hmm. It is. And man, I like one way or another so much better than I put a spell on you. <laughs> I think I like a put a spell on you better than one way or another. I love the song, so that's probably why. But I feel like they could have gone with something else, but it's not a bad song. I do enjoy it. Yeah, and I didn't expect for it to turn into this whole community dance number. I love it. Yeah, flash mob. Yeah, all of these performers are fantastic. Yeah, they're professionals. You can see that clearly. Yeah, and throughout this little number, then we see this interracial gay couple. Again, just felt so natural. Just two dudes sitting on the couch watching the original movie. Yeah, and that's that kind of threw me for a loop. I love that shit. When it's done properly like this, I love it. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that the devil that Trask asked to stand in in line for him were actually the couple, the devil and his wife from the first movie. They were cosplaying them. I did not realize that. Mm -hmm. Because she had the same curls in her hair and all of that. Okay. So mayhem is ensuing here. They're trying to get Trask back to his house to trap Mm -hmm. him in there. And when the sisters finally arrived, oh no, there is a small woman trapped in that box. That is the most unrealistic bit of the movie. Here we go. Maybe it's technology rant. 
the fact that anyone would actually have the original HomePod in the house, that's the most unrealistic part. A HomePod mini, sure. Oh, see, I don't have one of those, so I wouldn't know. And this is where we have our, our three girls coming together. So simply, but perfectly written. Yeah. First off, they're dealing with the crisis at hand. They're not getting bitchy with each other. No. But when they do have a minute to talk, they're clearing the air. Yeah. They realize that, you know, there were problems with communication on, on both sides there. Mm-hmm. And you got to love it when Becca has to flat out explain to Mike, the white guy, what making fun of people is. Yeah. I thought I was just making conversation. <laughs> yeah. His was the biggest miscommunication of all. Yeah. And Mike, we should say, is played by uh, Froy Gutierrez. He did a fantastic job. He did. He's so lovable. I love him. Because, too, he's not a bad guy. He's just a stupid no. kid. Yeah, he's he's stupid. He's a lovable idiot, like you said. And he has there's no malice in him at all. No. And there's so there's hope for him. Mm hmm. Yeah. The fact that he immediately said, oh, my God, I, I need to go and apologize to so many people says that he doesn't have a bad bone in him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to join uh, AA for a little while, which is uh, Assholes Anonymous and <laughs> go and make amends with everyone. Yes. And you know what I noticed, too, with the girls, uh, Cassie in particular, it just stood out to me. And this is also probably as a result of coming back from a week in Orlando and seeing teenage girls wearing all manner of nonsense that they shouldn't have been wearing. These girls are dressed age appropriately, all of them. Yes, true. And you can see the fact that she's getting so worked up about teenagers and the way they're dressed up. My partner's old. <laughs> and it's a brilliant move that they pull here, working together to trap mm -hmm. the sisters in the garage. Right. They all work together seamlessly. And I mean, that's friends, you know? Yep. True. When you're friends for that long, you barely need to talk sometimes. Yeah, you have that shorthand. You don't need to, you don't need to say stuff. And I love Tony Hale's performance when he shows back up. He's so confused. <laughs> the gothic golden girls. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that he's confused that much older crowd than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> and I never, never expected the Roombas to come back and play such a pivotal role. Yeah, me too. But they did. And... Part of me said, yay, but the other part of me said, oh, no. My babies, they have a mind of their own. <laughs> and they were given a little sound effects to give them a little bit of personality as well. They're not the only thing that had personality. Once again. The book. The fucking book. Yeah. How did they infuse emotion into an eye? It's amazing. And when Becca is looking for a book, you can see it's sweating. Yes. <laughs> It reminds me of what uh, the original Adams Family movies did with Thing, because Thing was a sassy mm -hmm. bitch. Yep, true. And also the robot from Iron Man. Yes. I also like that Becca sees her first glimpse of her own power when Cassie is taken. Yeah. You know, a loved one in danger. Exactly. Yeah. She had that magic down in the dungeon, but they didn't realize it. Well, that came more from the Angelica leaves themselves. This is from her body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once we see all the ingredients for the Magica Maxima spell, I was like, what the hell is witch's butter? Right. It is actually uh, a type of mushroom that sounds all kinds of gross. That's exactly what Billy does. He gives Gilbert some kind of fungi from a tree. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite realize it didn't register what it was probably because I mm -hmm. didn't want it to because it's gross. <laughs> I really hate mushrooms. You know, a lot of the stuff like Eye of Newt and stuff like that is actually just old timey names for simple stuff like mustard. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll be damned all this time. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds witchy like vegan food. So it's on Becca at first to take down the sisters. And what's great here is that Izzy and Cassie, they don't come to Becca's rescue. They come to her aid. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is the ultimate. Girls coming together, women working together against a common problem. 
Yeah, and also at one point when Gilbert goes flying away, they decide that Cassie is the priority. Of course. And the idea too, the warning of the power spell, power is meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. This this metaphor is lovely. And <sighs> I hate to say it this way, but it's true. I can't say it any other way, ladies. We're stronger together. <laughs> god damn you hillary (laughs) and the movie reinforces this with the reverend trask is we have to stop the misogynist from pitting us against each other and that has been the trick all along yeah you know pitting us against each other while we're too busy fighting each other they're walking away with everything exactly and they showed that too in salem with the women also hating the young sisters Mm -hmm. exactly divide and conquer And I think the other big lesson here is the idea that too much power unchecked will lead you to lose what you value most in your life or what's what's most important about humanity. Right. And it's also that lesson of don't take people you love or or things you love for granted while you have them. Mm -hmm. True. There's so much gratitude infused throughout this. It is. And towards the end, when they were doing this, where this spell was being cast and Winnie was you could see the animosity between the sisters was increasing and there was a little more conflict I was afraid that they were going to go full evil with her and say oh you know let them be I don't care about them I will sacrifice them for my power but they didn't go that way and I'm so glad yeah and it's a great line when Winnie does lose them because of the spell my beloved infuriating sisters mm-hmm. yeah how many women would describe their sisters the exact same way yeah and also siblings in general you love them but they infuriate you yeah and there's also the sense of oh they're mine to pick on mm-hmm. yeah nobody else can mm-hmm. <laughs> and bet midler that performance at the end she gets me it is a good performance yes she is She's heartbreaking. Yeah. And remember this one, ladies. My powers are nothing without my sisters. Mm-hmm. God, what a great message. True. And then they, they keep going with it. And the girls end up realizing it's that moment of, oh, we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah. And they are helping Becca with a spell. Yes. And so all three of them end up both banishing the problem and positively reuniting the sisters back together. Yeah. And I think if this is the last movie, it's the perfect way to end it. Yes. With the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, that's it. This needs to be it for sure. Right. Because this time, none of them were unhappy about leaving. They were unhappy about being separated, but not leaving. Yeah. It shows, too, that women don't have to suffer at each other's expense. Mm-hmm. That yeah. we should focus on lifting each other up and working towards a positive outcome for all of us. Right. Yeah. And in the end, too, Becca, Izzy, and Cassie, they don't need saving by Gilbert or any man. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they figure this shit out for themselves. They do. In fact, they helped Gilbert out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy finally gets to rest in peace. Yes. I got to say, though, those three girls, they're better people than I am, because I wouldn't be friends with Gilbert after this. Well, sometimes, you know, if he's the only magic shop owner, you kind of don't have a choice. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he gets off kind of easy here <laughs> for what he did. <laughs> he does, but I'm sure the girls will never let him hear the end of it. I mean, he tricked these children, his best mm-hmm. customers into resurrecting three riches who he knew would want to eat them. That's the thing. I think he was deluding himself into thinking that he could talk them out of it. Mm, Too much hero worship. Yeah, because when they do start speaking about that, you can see he's trying, but he's powerless against them and he's intimidated. Yeah, but you know what, Gilbert? Discounts my ass. Those girls are never paying for another goddamn thing. Yeah. And you go from 20 to 10, no. 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 <laughs> They're walking out of there with whatever they want. You know what? They're yes. partners now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And the button on the whole movie is them making fun of the walk at the end. They start doing that subconsciously. And one of them says, what are you doing? I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's so like, that is something that's so teenage, you know, like you do shit like that and just say, oh, I don't know. I'm just doing it. It's fun. Exactly. And I love the song at the end in the credits Mm -hmm. with the Sanderson sisters just singing the hearts out. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the end of things here. Aim, mm-hmm. out of six infi- possible Infinity Stones, what are you giving Hocus Pocus to? I'm giving it six out of six Infinity Stones and a rat tail just for Sarah. Me too. <laughs> I will happily watch this movie every year at Halloween from now on. I'm not a Halloween-y person, but I would not be opposed to watching this movie again. This movie actually makes me want to experience Halloween. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So I will mm-hmm. be sitting comfortably in my home uh, on Halloween with a sign outside my house that says not home. <laughs> and yeah, so it's interesting that we're ending Brady Amy month with a movie that I will happily watch from now on every year and will watch many times more. It's leading us into a month full of movies that I have seen more times that are probably healthy. <laughs> Yeah, and I, on the other hand, I've seen one of them when I was a child. Scared the bejesus out of me then. (laughs) Yeah, so for November, it's Monster Month, folks. Yes, it is. And this is going to be fun for me. Why? I like monster movies. Okay. There was something nefarious in the way you said that. It made me (laughs) nervous. (laughs) No, because this month was you torturing me. Now I get to have some fun. Oh, I mean, I'm thoroughly going to enjoy this month as well. For very different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody out there who's going to guess the movies just from this conversation. Of course. Yeah, we're doing a two-parter and then a single movie because Mm -hmm. we got Thanksgiving coming up for November. Right. And right before Thanksgiving, I'm going to be in Minneapolis presenting at the National Women's Studies Association annual conference. I am giving a talk there on women's representation in comic book films using the Spideyverse as an example. Even I'm even bringing Spidey with me. Mm-hmm. He's coming in my carry-on. Yes. Yeah, thanks to my dear friend Danielle for that Funko for Christmas last year. <laughs> coming in <laughs> handy. Thank you to everyone who has donated to my GoFundMe uh, for this trip, for the travel expenses. The campaign will be open for just another couple of weeks. I would greatly appreciate any help you can give me with the travel expenses going from uh, Baltimore to Minneapolis. Yes, because unfortunately, Chris cannot travel by broom or Roomba. No, (laughs) I did try not a Roomba, but it was some other kind of uh, robot vacuum. That shit takes forever. Yeah, you're kind of just supposed to set it and forget it. Yeah, you can't really do that with dogs in the house and a cat. True. So Mm -hmm. yeah, ended up sending that back. I have seen so many videos of cats sitting on top of the Roomba. Yeah, I mean, she might. I found uh, Becky, our cat, in our dog Nat's crate this morning, so anything's possible. Mm-hmm. She'll use that as her personal Pope mobile. Yeah, well, that led to some fucking mayhem this morning, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and on Patreon for October, of course, these episodes aren't going anywhere. You can access them. As long as you are a Patreon, you'll have lifetime access to those. Link is in the show notes. For the Gump Files at the $5 level, we've got a little Halloween history. Yes, and I get a primer on Halloween candy as well. And you still don't understand it? No. There's some things that are just not meant to be. This is one of them. Just like in our tea episode, I try to explain to you about the royal family. Yes, yes. At the $10 level, we're talking about a QE2's death. The woman, Elizabeth, not the ship, the second. QE2, <laughs> along with uh, disgusting things happening in Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. And some other horrifying pictures from Barbie. Yeah, I'd rather go to the apartment complex than Barbie land. That doesn't say anything good about you, my dear. And coming back to Hocus Pocus 2, you know what the sisters really needed? It wasn't any life potion or anything like that. It was a good fap. Well done. Thank you. Very good. Sarah, especially. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so Amy, of course, is talking about our 
uh, podcaster heart attack prevention program, which is just our idiotic way of saying that uh, social media can be really glitchy. And uh, it wasn't that long ago that for 24 hours, we lost all of our followers. And it was uh, a lot scarier than this movie. Yes, certainly. She was really panicking as much as Book was in this movie. And you never know when Elon Musk decides to blow up the world. So join our email list and stay in touch. Yep. Links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for joining us at the movies today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Let us know what you thought about Hocus Pocus 2. Seriously, please tell us. Twitter and Instagram at the Madam's Pod. And then follow us there to get uh, more hints for upcoming Monster Month. Yes, and visit our website, themadamspod.com, where Infinity Stones will always be a girl's best friend.